Hey, this is Kurt Winstein from Crowbar, and you're listening to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Yeah! Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. You are not alone. I am Dr. Fuck. I am on the beach. And I'm here with the leech. No, that's not YYZ. I'm drinking vodka. Woo! That's right. He's all fucked up. And uh, you're going to hear in this episode... Him extremely fucked up, uh, oh, yes. Sam Hain, because uh, we recorded this last Friday, and we had like a two-hour, no, a four-hour talk before we yes. even got into this uh, review. Yes. <laughs> so by the time we did this review, Ian was already blacked out. Yeah, I don't even remember the review. Yeah, and um, so we talked so much that we put an extra episode up earlier this week of Ian's Kiss review, which was supposed to be the intro to this. But uh, no, it's not. And uh, we are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and uh, we rule. Well, what else is there to say? Science. Hey, Ian. Yes, sir. We got any reviews? No, we ain't got no goddamn iTunes reviews. What's up with that? Where's the iTunes reviews? I, I know iTunes is a pain in the ass, but uh, but it makes us seem more important than we are, and I like that. And uh. You know, for you peoples outside of uh, the U.S., uh, very lucky. And, uh, you know, send me some screenshots like fucking Adam Marshall. Send me some shit from Down Under. Send me a Vegemite sandwich and some fucking uh, iTunes reviews from Australia. Uh, you know, and Josh Carlson, James McCormick have been <coughs> cool about sending me, uh, you know, some shit from Ireland and from the U.K. And uh, some of you other motherfuckers in Uzbekistan, send me some goddamn reviews. So I can read something, because it makes me feel important and shit. Exactly. There and, uh... There you go. And I know a lot of people have been waiting for the exclusive YouTube reviews, and that's something that we need to, like, start doing. Yeah. Because that is where all the fucking comments go. Oh, yeah, because that shit's fucking easy. <laughs> exactly. And I don't blame them, you know? Yeah, fucking yeah, iTunes I don't, I don't blame ass. You know what I did on iTunes? What's uh, that? When I finally logged in? I, I left a review to our podcast. And it never showed up. Yeah, well, same thing. I, I left three reviews for Decibel Geek, trying to support our, our good friends Aaron Cabrero and Chris Sinzak, and none of my reviews showed up. I, I don't get it, man. Apple is the fucking devil, dude. I hate fucking Apple. I like iTunes as a, like a music player and shit like that, but other than that, Apple can suck a dick straight up. I hate that shit. Android all the way. I hate iPhones with a passion. My job oh, gave they me, suck. They <clears throat> suck. My mom, my job gave me an iPhone. And as you recall, you remember this. Mm-hmm. When I first got that iPhone, no, not knowing how shitty it was, I told everybody, hey, add this. Add this number. Fuck my old number. I got a work phone now, so I'm disconnecting my phone and I'm keeping this iPhone. So by the end of the month, that's it. I'm going to disconnect my regular phone. And this will, you know, I don't have to pay a phone anymore. Oh, boy. Two weeks with that shit. I was like, fuck that. 
I'm keeping <laughs> my phone. And then the iPhone froze on me, and I call the city, and they're telling me, well, we're not getting any new ones till November 30th. But what you can do is go to the Apple store and go to the whatever the geek school, geek, whatever the fuck it's called. The repair nerds, nerds, that's what it's called. Yeah. So I go there and they made me wait for over an hour. This is within an appointment, by the way. Did you tell them you had a podcast? No, uh, no. Why? So they can mob me. They all know, (laughs) they all know our podcast. We're like, we're like so popular and shit. And uh, so popular, nobody leaves reviews. Yeah, exactly. So no, people do leave reviews. It just doesn't show up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right there. And by the way, uh, yes, please stop tagging me. Stop. I got this one tag along with you today, a Van Hagar tribute band. I'm like, really, dude? You're gonna you're gonna tag me in this shit? Right. It's like I didn't even click. I was like, fuck. I'm sick of tags. <laughs> And I have the same goddamn problem with messages. I mean, messages are ridiculous, dude, where, you know, I get so... I mean, there's messages I get that are just, hey, uh, should I buy this album? Hey, um, dude, there's YouTube, bro. Go listen to it yourself. And plus, I love ABBA and all this weird shit. Chances are, I'm going to tell you that I don't like something that's really good to you. So, you know... I'm the last person to ask. And if you like metal, don't ask Ian. Yeah, I don't like that shit. Exactly. So the messenger too, it drives me nuts because there's a lot. There's times I have to take like an hour out of my day because there is so many messages backlogged that I I can't get to them because I get a lot of, hey, Dr. Fuck. You know, it's like, who's this? You know, it's like, I know it's cool that they know me and everything, but Jesus Christ, when I add like Mark Gallagher and Bobby Gustafson and all these people, these are people I actually know and friendly with. I don't fucking, those are the last people I'd message because they're fucking rock stars, you know? And, you know, and I I believe they, they have way more messages than I do. You know, it's like, and it's nice, but you know what it is, dude? Here's the thing. I get so many fucking messages, and then I, I, when I go dig through all the messages, I find messages of people that say, yo, I bought Melting Your Skull, I love it. And can you imagine you writing somebody saying, dude, I got your album, you love, love it. And the guy doesn't reply back, oh, fuck this guy. And these are, my, these are people that buy my product. I should fucking, these are, hey, don't message me unless you buy my shit. There you go. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm friends with Gallagher, but I don't bother him. Yeah, it's I'm like, not, the, yeah, it's I'm, not, not, I'm not talking about Mark Gallagher. I'm talking about the, the guy that smashes the watermelons. Well, shit. which one, him or his brother that he hates? I don't know. I could have got hoodwinked. Yeah, it could be the hoodwinked. <laughs> My favorite new word, hoodwinked. Uh, but uh, while we're on this, I got one more uh, complaint that I keep forgetting to complain about. While we're on white people problems. Uh, uh, we have a young fan named Max Tuber and Max Tuber has like tried to add like 350 people to our Facebook page. Um, don't add people to our Facebook page and in, unless they're fans or you think they're fans, because I, I do have the question up now that you have to ask. Cause I'm trying to, you know, I, I, I used to be a numbers guy. And still, to a point, I am a numbers whore. 
you know, it, it feeds my minuscule ego. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, I, you know, this is the opposite of beer. I want quality, not quantity. Uh, you know, so I put the question that you have to answer: Who is the only singer for Van Halen? And 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 Max Tuber has added like all these people, and they don't answer the question. And it's like, you know, if these people don't listen to our show, or they wouldn't be interested, or if they like Sammy Hagar, don't try to force it to them. The best thing you could do is if they're if they're really your friends, talk to them about the show. You know, see if they you know you think they'd be interested. Don't just add a bunch of people. Because now, you know, I had this huge list of people and I'm waiting for them to answer the question. And now, if they don't answer it within a couple of days, I, I decline it. You know, I don't block them, but I, be, I decline it. Because if you can't answer that question correctly, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't need you here. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, that's where I dropped the gauntlet. You know, uh, I appreciate people trying to make the page grow. But I don't want numbers for numbers sake. I want, like... A strong army. I don't want motherfuckers drafted. I want motherfuckers that want to join this fucking army. You know? So, that, that, that's my, my white girl bitch. Thank you. And, and one more, and this ain't a complaint. This is actually a public service announcement. Everybody on, on Facebook, and I'm talking about everybody on Facebook, gets a friend request from some fake bitch, you know, to join her webcam shit. Right. And... Um, I got one today. Yeah. Uh, I noticed on several recent ones, they have mutual friends. And some of them are people on our podcast page. Yes. Yo, bro, I'm just doing this for your own good. You're getting hoodwinked. <laughs> these are hoodwinked hood requests. Anyway, so uh, we got some news. Yeah, oh, wait, wait, well, we, got... we should go into Tom Petty, though, for a second. Oh, yeah, see, I, I, I'm so I'm so wasted. I, I thought we did that last week, but apparently we didn't. No, we didn't even talk about Tom Petty. Well, my, my, I, I wanted to, uh, and we will do a Tom Petty review. I said to Ian, yeah. you know, I don't want to be like, you know, one of these fucking. Yeah, because everybody's like, doing them right now. Yeah, exactly. And that's another thing that I'm glad we didn't do it. Uh, but we are going to do it. It's gonna yeah. be aired. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be aired after, you know these uh, these fucking endless. You know, here's another thing. If yes, we sir. do this shit next year, we're never gonna get to do our own shows ever ever again. You know, because look how how many months has it been? We've been doing this shit uh, since March. Look at that. It's almost a fucking well, well, year. Well, well, well I, I I found a way to cure that. Where we're gonna do. Uh, you know, here here's where we're we're in in. You're all a victim of inflation because the prices are going to rise. We're going to have lower tier uh, options, but overall, like if you want me and Ralph to do it, the price is going to rise. So I, I, I think that we might not raise as much money as we did last year, but, uh, you know, but you never know. You never know. Yeah. Or, or we could keep it the same price, but not do it all at once. Yeah, we can do enough. like your show and then do a couple of ours and then go back to you know you'll fair have enough. to wait longer because yeah honestly here, I'm fucking drained with this shit yeah here's here's what 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 I'm what I'm already calculating uh, for next year's because before you know it we'll be we'll be raising money for next year's um, but I, I I think what we're gonna offer is for like a low price you could just do one with me 
that that it'll be posted up on our page. It's not going to be an official rock and metal combat, but I'm more, uh, you know, easygoing uh, than you are as far as reviews. That's uh, so true. It's going it, to be a higher price for me and Ralph, uh, you know, to make it an official rock and metal combat podcast episode. And, and it'll be uh, even a higher price than that if it's something I don't like. Right. Because if, if you're going to have to make me work for it, right. fuck that. Pay me more. And some of that will right. go in my pocket, not the pods. My vinyl collection. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, we didn't discuss that, but you know, yeah, we'll do it again. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but uh, no, it's, it, you know, overall, we, we've enjoyed doing these these ones uh, for the fans. And, and, and we've we both enjoyed, you know, this current episode that we're we're doing right now, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think prices are going to go up. But first and foremost, I just want to see more of our people there next year. I, I mean, we had we had four dedicated motherfuckers that went uh, last year, and and man, those guys meant everything, and that's why we brought them up on stage. That's why we're part of it. And I'll tell you what, anybody. Uh, you know, if, if, if you come for us, you're one of our family, you know, you'll be included in it next year. It's just going to cost you. But, you know, that's why start saving your money now. Fuck your kids. Fuck their future. Fuck the college. You know? ah, come on. Our fans don't pay for the kids. They all have the wife go out there and work. All right. Like, well, like a man. Yeah. Sell some drugs. Sell some drugs. I, wa- I want to see more of our people up because already, it's already been stated, uh, we're coming back. We're definitely part of, of next year, but they're putting us on later uh, in the show because we were so offensive. And we really freaked people out in, in Tennessee, and, and, and that's a fact. There's people that loved what we did and uh, and were very supportive of what we did enjoyed it. And I, I can't say enough good things about Courtney from the Pop Podcast who's a professional comedian she loved us and and gave us a glowing review on on ken mills pop podcast uh but yeah we offended a lot of people and drove a lot of people off cool so so uh tom petty man oh what a loss what a loss yeah uh threw me for a loop uh i i've seen tom petty four times I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore Tom Petty fan, but I wouldn't even go as far to say I'm a casual fan. I'm kind of like right there in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Damn the Torpedo is a very, very important album of my youth. Uh, when it was brand new and I heard Even the Losers, which to this day is my favorite song. I ran out and bought that album. Then I heard The Waiting a couple years later, and I love that one too. So I went and bought Hard Promises. And I own the first one. I own the one that listened to Heart, whatever that album is. Yeah, uh, fuck, what's that? Take it where you get it or some shit like I that? I don't know. And uh, I own the greatest hits and Full Moon Fever and uh, uh, what's that other one um, that has a lot of hits on it? I can't remember which was wow. more 90s. Uh, Wildflowers. Wildflower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I own those. Great album. And, and I, you know, and I'm. And, and I went out and I saw the last one too back in March, I think. His yeah. last tour. Yeah, no, I, I, I fucked up because I, I I never saw him back in the day. I just I, I was a fan, but I took it for granted. And yeah, uh, I hear a lot of people say the same thing. Man, yeah. I wish I could have seen him. It's like fucker, that fucker was always around. Yeah. No, I felt like when I when, when the day he died, 
I called Ian and yeah. I wanted I wanted to do a show on Tom Petty, uh, not because you know, and I'm sorry if I offend anybody out there. Not be, not because oh he just died we got to do something. It was more like fuck man. I felt like, dude this this is something we should have done a while ago and out yeah. of respect, right. you know let's do a Tom Petty episode. I didn't I didn't want to do it for ratings or or you know what some people are doing now. Uh, because uh, believe me, I see a lot of podcasts all of a sudden talking about Tom Petty, and if you go through their shit, there ain't no Tom Petty anywhere in the in that list. And yeah, I'm talking to you. Go look at your list. If you have Tom Petty in your list before, I'm not talking to you. And uh, I'm like, dude, you know what? I wanted to do it last week. You know, the day, the week he died, and then it was like, no, nah, you know what? Fuck it, man. Let's do. It. Let's finish everything, and then let's do it then because by then, the the death hype will be done. Right. You know, like, you know, there's not a lot of people talking about Chris Cornell anymore. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, so we'll do it then when the hype, the, the death hype is done. And you know what? A lot of people will be like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this, you know, and it's going to be a genuine review. It's not going to be like, oh, you know, uh, let's do let's do it as a tribute. No, we're doing our tribute right now. Right. You know, and um I own I I've I've owned forever since it was brand new. Running down a dream, the the DVD box. You want to talk about? The, I haven't seen that. I've heard it's really good. The perfect rockumentary. The perfect. Right. It's very long. Yeah. But it's so informative. And man, fuck the spoilers. You guys got to know this about Tom Petty. That motherfucker fought with a record company. He wasn't even big yet because yeah. they wanted to raise the his CD. His new seat, damn the torpedoes. No, no, it was uh, hard promises. Oh, it was hard promises. One yeah, dollar more. Yeah, and he fought it. And he fought it, and there was a big wig. The you know the president. Yeah. Got got in Tom Petty's face and telling, "Listen, boy, you know you don't know what you're dealing with here." Right. And that guy that guy underestimated Tom Petty. But that fucker ended up. I think Tom Petty either switched labels or. Or he he made those fuckers buckle, you know. No, no, they they broke down what it, what it was. The first two albums were released on an independent label. Uh, the self-titled and the second one uh, were, were on. Uh, God damn, I can't remember the name of the label now. But damn, the torpedoes and hard promises were on Backstreet Records, which was a subsidiary of MCA Records. You know, it was like it's and and Tom Petty. Uh, was like their first major signing. And they started doing that because uh, in the early 80s, they started raising the prices, I think, like with Steely Dan, Gaucho, and and, uh, and a couple of other like high-profile releases. They raised it a dollar, and they said it was for like premium artists. They were raising it a dollar. And Tom Petty's like, fuck you. And, you know, and that's what delayed uh, the actual release of Heart Promises. And uh, by the by, the time shortly after it was released, uh, the subsidiary was just bought up by the major corporation. Then he was just on MCA for a, for a long time. But uh, but yeah, talk about a man who who even though like there's hits that you know now that are all time classics, he still wasn't what you would call a name brand artist. But he had that integrity uh, that that he fought for, you know. And he was a real motherfucker. One of my favorite things. Uh, you know, and I've posted this, I think, on my page, on my personal page. I might have put it on the Rock and Metal Combat page. It was him talking about this whole, like, you know, the 
the the fucking American Idol and the voice and all this shit. And he said, you know, if you tried to sell to my generation records from somebody who won a fucking game show, we'd laugh you out of the fucking room. Yeah, we still are. <laughs> you, you know? know? Our ge- nope. That generation still does it. You know, p- you know the right. people that eat that shit up are like the newer people. You know? Unless, right, but, unless but you're you- wise and listen to this podcast. Right. Because we have a lot of young people listening to us that don't do that shit. Right, no, right, no, and I agree, but I'm, I'm saying this is a guy that came, like, all he wanted to do was play rock and roll, and that's what he did, and he did it very well. I mean, and look at all the people he played with, you know, look at, I mean, just look at the traveling Wilburys, whether or not you like the music, look at that line, George Harrison, Bob Dylan, uh, Jeff Lynn, Roy Orbison, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, you know, uh, you, you know, and, and, and just a man who, who just held his integrity and did what he wanted to do throughout his whole, whole career. And he played rock and roll. Blue collar, no bullshit, no, you know, he just played rock and roll. From the heart, he did it his way, the whole way. And and, and he wasn't a pretty boy, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't, the, everything was on his own merit. He had a weird voice that was very Dylan-esque and, and just did what he wanted to do. And even, I mean, there's some Tom Petty I don't like. I, I, I love the majority of it. I didn't, I didn't like the Tom Petty where he strayed from it. I'm not uh, a fan of that Eurythmic, Eurythmic song he did. I'm not a fan of you. Oh, got don't lucky. come around here no more. And I didn't like you got lucky. Oh, I love, I love you. Just got. Yeah, lucky. I, I never could get into that. I like the more rocking tunes, you know. Right, but but see, like like you know, I never in my entire life want to hear Free Falling again. I, I love that song. I, I believe it's, song. I believe it's a good song, but I never want to hear that again. I'm like that with most of Full Moon Fever, even though I bought that album. Uh, maybe it's it's just you know overkill, but there's so much other Tom Petty, and I love like as he got longer in the tooth, I think he got damn near better, and, and honed his craft even better. Like where he stopped trying to write radio hits, it was even more. Not that I think he ever like like that was his thing. I'm writing a radio hit, but you know what I mean. He just got more selective and more like fuck you. I'm just gonna do what I want to do, and uh, you know even if there's something I don't like. Uh, there's always a level of respect, you, you know that that'll never waver. I, he he's a he's a rocker, and he came he came from one of the last generations of rockers. I mean, you know, in in this day and age, you know, if uh, you know a late twenties or early thirties guy who wasn't pretty and wrote rock and roll songs, he wouldn't get anywhere, anywhere in in today's market. No, he'd get dropped off to the first song because there's no artist development oh no not 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 at all you know and even even though like it's it's not like the mtv era you would still have to be a pretty boy or write some kind of fucking you know dance song or bullshit you know bubblegum pop shit or you know instead of a guitar solo you would have to have like you know Nicki minaj do a rap fucking uh solo you know And, and this guy was the antithesis of all that and uh, yeah, man, that and that's a hard line. Like nobody sees this shit coming. Nope, I didn't. I was in you shock. Know? I was it, in complete shock. 
But, you know, I mean, you have to realize that when he died, it was like, you know, Keith Richards gets the quickening. You know, like it's Highlander. <laughs> you know, he gets to live for another thousand years. Uh, but but, but a, a, a very sad passing, man. Especially seeing somebody that was so... Just a, a, a true rock and roller, you know. And, you know, the kind of shit you grew up with, Ralph. And, you know, I was kind of... I grew up in the last bastion of, like, that kind of real rock and roll. There is no, like red white and blue rock and roll anymore and it's it's very sad you know he had he had major major charisma on stage too he had this vibe to him on stage where you know when if you ever saw the guy live you'd understand what i'm saying he was like the guy was just like utterly cool and really into it he didn't half-ass any of the four shows i saw and every time he ended the show it's like he really, really did make you feel like he really did appreciate you. You know, he was like really, I mean, he was the type of guy that it'd take him 10 minutes to go off stage after the last song. You know, he wouldn't just like, good night and walk off. He'd stay out there and like shake hands with all the people up front and, you know, his band too. And then his band would leave and he'd stay out there, you know, it was, it was just, he just like, man, I, I got, I got, I'll never forget like, out of the four shows, there were two separate occasions where he didn't sing Breakdown. Mm. He didn't sing it at all. The whole crowd did. Yeah. You know, and it was so cool, you know, that because that vibe to that song was so mellow and the way, you know, everybody sang. It was really fucking good. And also, um, uh, I Won't Back Down, you know, that, hey, baby. No, he wouldn't sing that part. He didn't have to. Because right. the crowd would sing it without him even asking them to. Yeah. His debut is my favorite Tom Petty of all time. That's that. Mine's Dan Torpedoes because it's very a very spe- it's the first one I bought. And these are you know back in the day where I couldn't really afford right. records, so I really had to pick and choose. And right. oh man, it's that even even the losers, you know. And then hearing like oh. you know Refugee oh, and my Refugee, uh, don't do me like that. Yeah, hearing those too, I was like, man, I love those songs too. So. Louisiana Rain. So I had to get it, you know. I had to get that fucking album and still have it to this day. I still have all my Tom Petty. Yeah. So I'm going to take a big drink right now and I'm going to dedicate that to the ghost of Tom Petty. Awesome. Yeah, rest in peace. Well, uh, I, I got news that you ain't going to find a blabbermouth. And uh, boy, uh, what an outpouring love of Oasis on our page. Which I was uh, oh. very, very surprised because I put up, I just simply put up a song that I said, this is my favorite Oasis song. And then, boy, a lot of people on our page were putting up their favorites or songs they oh. love. And um, I am a big fan of Noel Gallagher. Huge, huge fan of Noel Gallagher. Right. But I don't like his brother Liam much. Um, but there are a handful of songs that Noel wrote for Liam because Noel wrote everything uh, Oasis, you know, all, right. all up to Heathen Chemistry is where Liam threw in his ideas here and there and, you know, wrote a song and that, this and that. But before that, you know, all the, every song was written by Noel Gallagher. And um, then he started singing, you know, he sung on a couple B-sides for the first album, but then every album after that, it was like my favorite songs from Oasis are sung by Noel Gallagher. Right. Uh, with exception, you know, there are exceptions. There's a couple Liam songs I'll put up in my top ten. So, um, Mr. X thought he got um, 
He thought he got the new Noel Gallagher, but <laughs> but what he sent me was the new Liam Gallagher, and I was like, oh great, <laughs> fuck this. So yeah, that's me. But I was like, but <laughs> so mean... I, so I was like, fuck it, I'll give it a chance. Oh my god, it's a fucking amazing album. Every fucking song on this album was good. He sang great, great melody. It was just a great fucking album. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want Oasis to get back together, man. It seems like Liam found a better songwriter for him. Because, honestly, there's a lot of Oasis songs sung by Liam that Noel does that I prefer Noel's versions. And Noel's first two solo albums are fucking great. I love them. I'm, I'm against the Oasis reunion. Even though, you know, everybody, ah, you know, because, you know, here's the thing, man. Nobody will give, you know, Noel Gallagher a chance. Because so, I don't see nobody talking about his solo albums. They're just as good as all the shit he's did in, did in Oasis. And um, so Noel Gallagher released a song. And I was mortified, horrified how shitty it was. I was like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. Liam Gallagher releases a great album and this guy releases this shitty single. I mean, it's so bad that parts of it reminded me of She Bangs from Ricky Ricky Martin. I saw your post. Yeah, that sounded bad. I didn't so, listen to the song, though. So today they released the official video and I watched it and I was like, you know, this ain't that bad. <laughs> so it's, it may be a grower, you know? I still wasn't sold 100%, but it sounded better. Cause, uh, cause then I started hearing like you know Slade in the music and uh, you know some of that uh, British you know glam. It's like uh, the first wave of glam, which I love. Right. And the video is super cool. It's fucking awesome. And uh, so I'm like, okay, all right, uh, this may grow on me. So um, I'm looking forward to the new Noel Gallagher, and I'm flying to New Orleans in March to see him. Yes, to stay with me. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, with uh, Ian well, there. So, because uh, he ain't coming here, so I'm definitely going up there. Well, but uh, I, I want to say this too. Liam uh, recently played, I believe it was a Lollapalooza up in Chicago or something. Yeah. Uh, three songs into it, he walked off. He's such a bitch. Yeah. Well, well here, here's a funny story that's related to that. Um, for for, for the, the two of you who fucking listen to Wadzilla World, uh, on my radio show, I, I let people, you, you can pick a band or artist, but I picked the song. And I, I had a loyal listener, Samuel Wentz. Uh, he'll appreciate me calling him out. Uh, he said, hey, will you play some Oasis? So I, I, for some reason, I thought like, you know, through Mr. X, I had the whole catalog. And I didn't. I just had What's the Story, Morning Glory. But oh, I I'll, I'll have I'll have Mrs. X send you some stuff. Oh, okay. So I didn't want to be that guy who plays Wonderwall because I, I pride myself in trying to pick something. Yeah, obscure. Uh, that, that that that's yeah obscure but still good. That uh, well, can, uh, deep cut is better. better yeah, yeah. Better you know, to, to to turn on other people who say like, hey, I might not like this band, but I I like that song this guy played. So I was like, yeah, I'll play you some Oasis. And then I look at my catalog and realize all I have is What's the Story Morning Glory, which I've never heard. I've never played it. I only know phenomenal Oasis. album, and it's the and it's the perfect Oasis album to get you into Oasis. If right. somebody asks me what what album should I check out first, that's the one. 
Not so, my favorite one, but it's definitely the most accessible Oasis album. Right. And, so, but, you know, a lot of people out there claim that definitely maybe, I mean, historically is the greatest Oasis album. It's one of my least favorites. Though uh, it's got some great songs on it. I mean, you know Supersonic. No, no. I, I, I want to be myself. No, you, you know, you know, and I'm being, I'm being all honest here. You know what Oasis songs I know? I know three. I know Wonderwall, Champagne Supernova, and Don't Look Back in Anger. Those are the only... You don't know Live, and li- live Forever? You and no. I, we're going to live forever. Nope. Really? Nope. So, so when I got this request, I was like, oh, no, I can't be that guy because it goes against everything my radio show's about. So I, I, I picked the song Blonde. I just looked at the titles and I was oh. like, "What? What? What looks a pe- yeah, flying blind on a rocket cycle? That's a Flash Gordon reference, by the way." What the uh, hell? I don't know that song. No, <laughs> no. So I'm looking at the song titles and I just saw "She's Electric." Oh, I love that song, even though so, it's hokey. So, so, so I picked that song and when it first started, I was like, "Oh God!" I just sabotaged my show. I was like, "Oh, it's a horrible song." By the end of the song, it had me hooked. It's such oh. a hooky song. It's dopey, but it's so catchy. Right, right. But it was one of those things. At first, I was like, "Oh my god, what did I? Oh, I fucked up here." I'm, I'm like, they, you know, you know, Sam picked the the one band I really don't know enough about to have in it. Because a lot of them, the the requests I get, it's like, okay, I know this band, I know this song to play, that's gonna make everybody fucking happy and glad they tuned in. This one I had no idea, and like I said, by the start of the song, I was like. Oh, I fucked up, but then I was like, "Damn, that's a catchy song." And oh, very, then, uh, very catchy. Yeah. And, and a lot of people who you know uh, were listening to my show, they they same opinion. They're like, "Oh, I love this song." I was like, "Oh, cool, cool," you know. And uh, I don't know if you caught the end of that song. Did you, did you notice the, how that song ends? I don't know. I, I it's drink a, a total. It's show. a total ripoff of the end of. Uh, with a little help from my friends. It's a blatant ripoff of it. Oh, I didn't know. Ah, you know. And that one, it's just like, hey, I, I picked out that one. But, uh, you know, there you go. And I, I can't wait for you to get here in March, dude. And I'm going to go to the show with you. And, and and I know nothing of it. I'm going to I'm gonna be, again, quoting uh, Flash Gordon, flying blind on a rocket cycle. I don't know. I'm just going to get fucked up and go with you to go see uh, Noel Gallagher. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, and people have been, like, in that thread, people were demanding us to do an Oasis review. So, I, you know, here's the thing about Oasis, and I got to be honest with you. They do have a lot of filler in their later albums, but the later albums have so much good stuff. I mean, my favorite songs are in those fillerish albums. Yeah, and the filler albums Liam sings, by the way. Um, and because I don't know him a lot, I might charge extra for that. Who knows? No, what I thought uh, we break the rules for an Oasis review where I compile a list of ten tracks, my favorite tracks from Oasis, and uh, see which ones you like. I know you're gonna like at least three of them, uh, and uh, because they have so many great songs. Some of my, uh, if I was to compile my, that top 10 list, will, will, and it'll be tough to leave some off, but I'm going to have to. But if I was to pick a, a legitimate top 10, I'd say seven of those tracks would be B-sides. Oh my God. I, I, dude, I think you just, you just came up with a genius idea for future reviews. 
where where we might do like a band that I like and you don't know, or a band you like and I don't know, where we pick our top ten, and and then we review who's ever top ten songs. That's right. genius. Yeah, I was I said that in the thread. I go, you know, it would be better if I just picked the my favorite songs from these bands. You're a genius. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I'm very excited. I'm, I'm hoping uh, I uh, the rest of that Noel album's better, or I hope uh, that song will grow on me. Cause, and you know what, man? It was funny because when I saw that video today, because I have Noel Gallagher on my Facebook, well, his, you know, the people that run his page. Right. Uh, oh, look, the debut of the new uh, new song. I was like, Ugh. well, let me watch the video. You know, let me just see the video. And. Uh, I was like, damn, this ain't bad. So I went to leave a uh, comment going, hey, you know, the first time I heard this, I was horrified, but hey, second listen, it wasn't that bad. You wouldn't believe the amount of people that were saying the same thing because I started seeing the comments. And most people, and this goes for any band we love, and everything, there's always going to be that comparison. You know, oh, Liam, Liam versus Noel, Liam versus Noel. It's like, fuck you all. Fucking Noel, Noel made Liam. As much as I think Noel's better, the masses think Liam's better, you know, but uh, but I gotta give a plug to that new uh, Liam Gallagher album's phenomenal, and he's got a video, the first single, Wall of Glass, awesome, just fucking awesome, and uh, yeah, ever since Mr. X sent me it, it's been on constant rotation in my car. I love it. Yeah, All right, there. that's my that's my news segment. There you go. All oh yeah, right. one last one last thing I want to say about Oasis too, is I. They really are hated because of their cockiness. I can't get enough of their cockiness. I just can't. Even yeah. Liam cracks me up. Those two are so funny. We're the greatest band in the world. And and then like, George Harrison's like, man, they suck. And then fucking Liam, you're a nipple. You're a nipple. <laughs> the fuck the nipple. You're, you hear me? You're a nipple. <laughs> anyway, all right, go ahead. All right. Well, next story. Uh, so we're in October, which is prime time for horror movies, but, uh, there's a preview to a horror movie that's not being released till December, and that is Red Till I'm Dead, the 70th birthday party of Sammy Hagar. Oh, the horror. Oh my God. Will this guy go away? So... I don't quote that often on Blabbermouth because I, I, I find, you know, the people who quote on Blabbermouth, that is like the scum of the scum. Uh, but I, I can't help it. When it comes to this cocksucker, I got to throw in my fucking two cents. So uh, I, I, I simply quote it. I go, I hope this is his last birthday bash. Oh, oh yeah. And, and this, guy, this guy posted, he's like, I hope something bad happens to you for that comment. And then, then I respond, I was like, what? Like, I have to watch this fucking movie? And, you know, isn't it ironic? You know, you wishing death on Sammy Hagar and somebody retaliates wishing death on you. What makes that guy any better? Uh, oh, well, because my trailer is single and his is a double? I don't know. No, he uh, he likes Sammy Hagar. You won by default. Well, so, you know, hey, 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 that's enough Sammy talk, okay? You're done. You hear me? You're done. You yeah, just so, infected our show. I got more news. Well, I just want to be, before we, we, we get off of, of, of this son of a bitch, I just want to say, 
if we have any, um, you know, religious people out there, can you pray for this cocksucker's death? You know, and, uh, you know, to our Scientology friends like Tom Cruise, can you tell Zoltron to come back from Nebulous 5 and kill this son of a bitch? I mean, somebody, I don't care. I mean, do we need a jihad on this motherfucker? I mean, I mean, in the name of music, somebody please kill. And if you think that's too harsh, just slice his vocal cords. I mean, can he feel free to live out that fucking Cabo Wabo shit where he lives off the back of Mexican immigrants, uh, but he can't talk or sing? I'd be cool with that. I'd be cool with that. Let him fucking live out his years, but slice his fucking throat a little bit. Give him a cancer kazoo. Fucking something. Throw me All a right, fucking uh, bone here. That, that's Ian talking. I, I hate Hagar as much as Ian, but uh, Ian doesn't care for human life. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. It's it's minuscule. Yeah, I, I don't wish death on the guy, but I, I I wish he doesn't enter my ears anymore. Which happened today. I don't know if you saw my post on the podcast page. I'm at Publix here, and I'm in line to get food with people in front of me and people in back of me. Yes, sir. And over the speaker, dreams came on. Oh. And I had nowhere to go. Wait a minute. I thought you liked that song. No, it's Love Come Walks In. Love oh, Comes fucking In. And bad. you know, by the way, you know, that's Michael Anthony's favorite Van Hagar song. I was shocked to hear that. Which one? Love Comes Walking In. Yeah, well, fuck him too. Yeah, fuck him and me. Fucking well, idiots. Fuck we are part. idiots. <laughs> My favorite Van Hagar song is one of the keyboard songs. God damn. Yeah. You know, if I had to pick a favorite. Black and Blue, we know. Yeah, well, well, that, well that, like I said, musically, it sounds like Van Halen. There, there's only two songs that I like, and it's just musically. It's not fucking, uh, you know, vocally. Uh, Black and Blue and that Human Beings. Yeah, I like that one, too. Ain't bad musically. Yeah, those are the only two I like. And Black and Blue, I can't fucking stand, dude. I hate that fucking thing. I mean, you don't even like it musically? No, it's monotone. It sounds like, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Best of Both Worlds Part 2. All right, here's uh, here's more more depressing news. Oh shit! This Saturday, me and my brother were gonna go see the Scorpions and Megadeth. Oh yeah! And it was canceled. And yeah. these Ticketmaster scumbags are still saying we don't got confirmation. We can't get our money back yet. These fucks. At least the Florida fucking Ticketmaster. But yeah, we'll get our fucking money back eventually. But boy, yeah. what a letdown. My buddy told me that uh, Megadeth was throwing out some deep shit, you know? Like that's, stuff off the first album, and I can't remember what uh, it was now. And that, um, that sucks, but I got to tell you, you know what, though? At least Kloss Mine has the sense uh, not to pull a fucking Paul Stanley, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so, so, you know, it's like, while it's unfortunate, I mean, in the grand scheme of things... Hey, you know, if he takes a six-month break, you know, he can sing again and maybe, you know, sing at, at a decent level instead of going out there sound like fucking Paul Stanley. My favorite member of Kiss, but sounds like fucking horse shit, you know? My least favorite member is the original Kiss. And I love Paul Stanley, by the way, because I, I love Kiss that much. But maybe, maybe it was the same thing with Paul Stanley. Maybe it was, hey, Paul, uh, don't, you know, take a break. Uh, cancel these shows and he's like 
no way, I, I need the money. I'm like, I'm as harsh as Gene, I just don't say nothing about it. And that's a lot of people like, you know, Gene gets, uh, uh, you know, blamed for the money-hungry fuck. But you know all that merch shit's got to pass by Paul, too. You know, so, and, and oh, yeah. you know what? Blame Gene all you want for being money-hungry, but at least Gene delivers live. This guy takes your money and gives you a half-assed performance. Yeah, but, you know, like, like, well, then again, I don't know what the fuck I said in that Kiss review that hopefully you guys have heard first. Uh, but even Gene, to me, at that Kiss show seemed to be going through the motions compared to what I saw of him with the Gene Simmons yeah, solo yeah, band. Yeah, you did talk about that. Okay, yeah, because, man, those clips I saw of the Gene Simmons solo band were so much better than than, than even the, you know the the kiss performance. And it's not either way G- though, man. Either way, the guy still half ass or not is not sounding like ass. Oh yeah, no that I mean that's ass. You know I mean Paul Stanley's just pathetic now, and I'm telling you, man. Anybody that defends that shit, you are a sheep. I'm sorry, you're a fucking sheep. Yeah. You yeah. are a sheep that cannot face reality. Yeah. You know it's like I feel like a real you know there's like. Oh man! If, at least we got Kiss still around. No, you don't. You don't. You have this like these two scabs in the band, <clears throat> and and the other half are one guy's mailing it in according to Ian, and the other one just can't mail at all. He can't even get to the post office. So, Return to sender. Yeah, exactly. So maybe the same same thing that happened to Claus happened to Paul, but Paul didn't listen. Because Paul is as money hungry as Gene is. Don't be fooled, people. He is. I mean, what, 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 you know? How much does he charge for a painting? You know? I don't know, but, 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 how about I, I just quoted Elvis' song that I actually like, "Return to Sunder." Oh, I love that song. Return to Sunder. Got my letter back. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. <laughs> That's actually a good song. I never thought about that. No, that's a good song. I fucking like great song Elvis rules I'm sorry yeah. especially before he went to the army yeah. that to me is my favorite Elvis even though there's a handful of songs I love later on but before he went to the army motherfucker was a pimp a I, pimp I don't know I, but but you know post army I like Suspicious Minds I ain't gonna lie I like yeah Suspicious, Suspicious Minds one of the great ones and uh, oh, there's a handful of one I love American Trilogy which I know you hate um, oh I hate I think that fucking that song one, and, and that I, one hate, I hate chills. in the fucking ghetto a motherfucker who hates Oh, I love that one. Well, you, you like my version, don't you? Yeah, I like your song. Yeah, my, my you guys got to go go Dr. Fuck in the ghetto on YouTube. It'll change your life. <laughs> you're 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 like fucking dancing. You take Elvis and make it sound good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't sing like Elvis on that. Exactly. But, um, you're good. Yeah, now Elvis is one of the greatest vocalists in the world and oh my god, I wish I could have seen him. I had a chance but I was way too young. But I do remember when Elvis played the Sportatorium in 77. I was 12 years old. and But I'll be honest, at that time, I wasn't a big Elvis fan. I wasn't a fan of music, period. Hey. But I remember he played because uh, my, my neighbor went to go see him. Well, well, can I say, I like Elvis impersonators, and I don't like Elvis. It's the weirdest thing in the fucking world. I can't explain. I want I want to get a hold of every Elvis movie now. You know, I, and but they don't have no box sets out there that contains all of them. You know, but I do. Yeah, yeah, of course they do, but it's on VHS. Do they? I'll buy that shit. <laughs> I got a VHS player. Fucking Marcus Welby. 
All right, next story. Uh, poor KK Downing uh, has lost his golf course. Yeah, I heard about this. And uh, hey, maybe that'll bring him back to the band. You know, twenty-one I, million. He's asking for that place. Yeah, or, or, or what's it say? No, he's got it up for thirteen million. All right, well, 13. I, same shit. Yeah, twenty-one, uh, thirteen. That's a whole lot yeah. of fucking bread. Yeah, and uh, man. It, it, it sucks because, man, uh, you know, I wish nothing but but happiness for KK. and uh, Total class. And I met oh, KK yeah. Downing. Oh, Out of never, all of them, him. oh, my God. The guy is so cool uh, in person. Like uh, Tim Ripper, both of those guys were so nice right. when I met them. I, I mean, we get, we got we to gotta talk about this elephant in the room, which is uh, them being nominated. And I got a feeling... Uh, they're gonna get in, and, oh, well, and unfortunately, well, well, I think they're gonna do that. I, I, I think they're gonna be like the, you know, the the token metal band. And Rob said, you know, yeah, you know, it's totally, you know, he he would love to play with KK at the thing. Do you think there's a chance of KK coming back? And I mean, I just oh, want to, yeah. I, I yeah. want to go on for record uh, to say that I have not seen them with Richie Faulkner. Amazing. But, I, but I totally support Richie Faulkner, and I, I think he's done a great job from what I've seen, uh, you know, live clips, what, I, what I've heard on, uh, you know, Redeemer of Souls. I like, I have even better uh, expectations for this new album with the combination of, of Tom Ullman and Andy Snip, uh, Snip or Snipe, Sneep. Produce, Sneep uh, producing, I, I think is going to be. So much because I mean that's everybody's complaint about every Judas Priest album since Painkillers the production. Uh, I'm expecting a really great album, and of course I would love to see KK come back. And there's even been talk about like, you know, would they do the the, the Iron Maiden thing where there's like three? I don't know if they would do that, but I don't want them to do that. No, no but, but I, 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 I would love to see KK come back. But at the same time, you know what? I would like to see him with Richie Faulkner. I, I got to admit, because I'll tell you what, I've seen Priest three times and only once with Rob Halford. I saw him twice with Ripper and and I did not leave disappointed. Ripper was fucking amazing. I don't care what you think about the albums. No, I hate those albums, but live they were great. Oh, amazing. Amazing. So I, I would love to see him with them, and, and, and I have nothing but respect and uh, admiration for Richie Faulkner, but it would be nice to see K.K. come home. I want, I want K.K. back. I want him back. I love Richie Faulkner, too. The last time that, that Redeemer of Soul tour was fucking phenomenal. The Farewell tour with Richie Faulkner was kind of shitty because of Halford's voice. But that right. guy bounced back big time, man. Because on Redeemers, he was hitting those notes and he was sounding great. Did it, but, did it sound Did it sound real, though? Or do you think yeah, it was Yeah, it was like, real. I'll, you okay. know, everybody always has to say that, too. Like, oh, it's he's... No, he's not singing to a tape, dude. He's just not. I know he's not. Well, no, I'm just asking because I don't know. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a great example. The last time I saw them with uh, KK... Uh-huh. Was uh, and it's on YouTube. It was filmed. It's on the the 25th anniversary or 30th anniversary of British Steel. They added. They filmed the the show I was at, right. and uh, 
They didn't pipe in Halford's vocals. Halford was already getting better. But what they did do was when he would scream, you hear the volume go up real loud. You know, they, they, they right. really, they did. I like don't know it if would that be was, boosted, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that was for the DVD or not. I, mean, I doubt it because they, they fixed that shit. But it, it's, it's like, okay, like like we know, you know, you know, I, I, I saw the Motley Crue farewell tour twice. And you can tell when it's tape and you can tell when it's him. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the show, Oh, kids. I could tell. I it's, could tell big time. Well, well yeah, I'm saying as, as much as I piss on Motley Crue, I thoroughly enjoyed both of those shows. But there's are moments where you can tell when it was piped in, and there's moments you could tell where it was live. I mean, there was definitely a difference in pitch, in level, in tone, and it didn't take away from my enjoyment. It's like, okay, they're doing whatever they're doing. I'm having fun. There's a bunch of pyro and fucking a bunch of half-naked fucking milfs, you know? I, I'm happy. You well, know. you know, the Judas Priest thing, um, he was nailing every fucking note, and then when they did Victim of Changes, and it came to the last note, he's nailing it, but it cracked a little, and he stopped quick. So that's when you know that shit wasn't tape, you know? Right. And I was like, see, that, right, I, I already knew it, but when I saw that part and cracked a little bit, and he automatically stopped, I was like, see, I knew it. I knew it. That ain't fucking tape. And I also don't think Wolfgang is tape. I don't think that's Michael Anthony blasting through the thing. No matter what anybody says, I don't think... And it's just people that are just so pissed off. They want to make up these stories. Because, believe me, I've seen Van Halen with Wolfie three times. That don't sound like Michael Anthony to me. It's awesome how him and Eddie sing those harmonies. It's awesome. It's just not awesomer. Right, right. Yes, no, that is no, a word no, with Michael me- Anthony. Bigly, uh, you know it. it uh, no, I'm the same way. I saw those shows. Yeah, I mean, it sounded good. Not the same, but still good. You know, very, very passable. I mean, Wolfgang and Wolfgang Van Halen is so fucking underrated because he's a big boy. Mm-hmm. But uh, honestly, fuck you all. It's technically, scientifically proven. That guy runs circles around Michael Anthony. Technically. He's Eddie Van Halen on bass. Yeah. And, and yeah. I've heard the main instrument he's the best at is drums. You know? I heard he's a yeah. decent guitar player. I don't know how good a guitar player. But it's, fucking Chinatown, dude? Yeah. That's Billy Sheehan shit he's doing there. It's a shame. That that kid is fat shamed. And that's... And that's I, I mean, I get... Of course everybody wants Michael Anthony there. But, like, the main bitch about everybody with, with Wolfgang, he's fat. Yeah, I know. know? Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, everybody like you know. There's a look at Steve Grimmett from fucking goddamn Grim Reaper. He's fat as fuck. He's got one leg and can still sing better than most motherfuckers. You know. But but people are just so flaccid. People are just so fucking. Look, Bon Jovi would not be big. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Starry Starry Stephen Kirsch. Yeah. If the motherfucker looked like Udo. Bon Jovi would be a footnote in a third-tier band. They yeah, would be the if, black and blue of the yeah. 80s. If Bon Jovi looked like Kicks. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, work, seriously, you know? they would. it would have never worked. The same thing with Poison. The same, people are just too preoccupied with uh, how people look. Uh, Vince Neil, um, uh, oh, Axl Rose now. Like Everybody's like, oh, look, he looks like Benny Hill. Yeah, but he still kicks fucking ass. 
How about music? It just sickens me. Music fans fucking sicken me. They just sicken me because they're so fucking... What's the word, Ian? Oh, I forgot you're drunk. Um, <clears throat> superficial. Assholes. Yeah. Superficial. Well, well, no, it, 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 like, well, like one great comment I, I heard a long time ago. Uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. They're like, that never would have happened in the 80s. You know, because you got like three fat fucking Canadians. You know, and if they had to do videos like the Ran Duran. Which you they know, did, by the way, and it didn't do nothing. I remember uh, the videos of Bachman Turner Overdrive. Right, right. But, early but, MTV. You know what I mean? But but back in the 70s, it's what you heard. It's exactly. not what you saw. And, and the it, 80s were all about image, fashion. Metal yes. is not fashion. Metal is passion. Thank you. Ooh, I like that. Not passion, but pat. Ooh, I like that. That's a fucking. That's right. Fuck your like fucking you glittery clothes and all that bullshit. Your glowing gloves. Fuck all that shit. It's all about fucking music. That's all it's about. And not. And I'm telling you, man. People are just look. And I'm gonna bitch about this a lot when we finally get around to doing Diver Down, motherfucker. You never heard where of all the good times gone. You never, never. heard that goddamn song. Never. Yet you're gonna complain. Because they covered it. You know, fuck you. You don't even... Cover songs rule if it's done right. And when Van Halen does cover songs, I can't think of one band that does as many cover songs as Van Halen and they make it their own. You know, I don't hear, like, I think the closest maybe You Really Got Me, maybe, or Pretty Woman to an extent, but they're still so Van Halen-ish. You know, and and it's just people use that as an excuse. Oh, I don't like Dumb It Down because it has too many covers. You're a douche. Right. Well, you really are. How about how about the music on it? You know what? You know what? You know what I think that is is like a lot of people who bitch about that are the people who are like, I'm on Team Eddie no matter what because that was Eddie's bitch yeah. about it was too. And many and covers. and by the way, there are on YouTube interviews with Eddie during Live Diver Down where he lathered the ass. He pulled the Paul Stanley. You know, all oh, this new album's great and blah, 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 you know? Then later on, you know, he starts bitching about it. My, my biggest bitch with Eddie Van Halen bitching about Diver Down was like, motherfucker, that is the album your father's on. You know? Yeah, no shit. And, and, and that was Dave's fucking idea. Yep. To have him on that. Well, and, and, and it was Dave's idea to call the band Van Halen. Yeah. There you go. There there you go. And then there's also, I can't, I can't remember who the douche was, and I can't remember. It's a guy I always have a problem with. Almost every fucking comedy leaves on the podcast page. He is just so idiotic. It was one of those, um, this album against that album shit. And this guy actually said, <clears throat> I, I wish I can remember what the artist was. But he said, Oh, I picked this album because that album, they didn't write those songs. It's like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Seriously, if you didn't know who wrote what, then you can judge the music better? How about judging it by its songs, you fucking idiot? And that's the same thing with people that complain about, oh, because this guy is fat and that guy doesn't look good anymore. And they make memes and they goof on them. And, dude, I don't get no enjoyment, no laughter. I really don't. Okay, I got to admit, 
The one Vince Neil uh, one that says, I'm on my way, ice cream cone. All right, that one was pretty good. Yeah, and, and I, mm. I, I like the one with, with Sammy Hagar where they showed the fat kid from Bad Santa. <laughs> well, Sammy Hagar, I'll goof on him if even if he was skinny. It doesn't yeah, matter. But, but, uh, but I mean, and Ronald that, McDonald, all that shit. I mean, that thing. But other than that, it's like, it looks only matter if you're into like Poison and Bon Jovi. Yes. You, you know, it should be about totally. the fucking music. I mean, totally. those, those are bands that, like, if they didn't have that fucking look, <clears throat> never would have made... That's a pure... And as much as I love the fucking 80s, that was the, the, the downside, is it was it was less about music and more about image. And, and that, that I can't stand. And that's why I have this really hard-on for hair metal. I mean, dude, as you can see, and I've proven it, and I... and. And I am scientifically correct by saying I don't hold a band's look over them because, after all, I love Night Songs. Love right. that fucking album. Right. And boy, did they look hair band pretty boys to the max. But it's a great yeah. fucking album. Tesla Mechanical Resonance. The first. Well, that that band was jeans and t-shirts, though. I think they get uh, lumped into right, right, hair metal. They, 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 they really weren't hair metal, though. Right, right. You know what I mean, though. I mean... That's bands who get lumped in the ship and judge it by the music. Yeah, man. Uh, and Mechanical Resonance is a great you album. Know, and the that, second that, one, I, I liked as much. And, uh, great radio controversy. Oh, I, I thought it was just as good. But, you know, and, and a prime example is Grim Reaper. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I can give some people a pass. There's some people that like stupid-ass music. That I can give people a pass. But see, hey, you know, I love them, you. You like Ario Speedwagon. Ario Speedwagon, and look how ugly they were. You know? Yeah, you those right were there. some ugly motherfuckers. <laughs> you right there. I mean, those guys, man. Look at Kevin Cronin. You can, you, can, you can put them up on a stick and fucking scare crows away. You know? I, I mean, I, I know black guys who wouldn't wear that Jerry girl. Yeah, I mean, that guy's a mess. And then you have, like, the most attractive guy in Ario is this big, Bigfoot-looking bass player with the blonde hair. <laughs> he was the poster boy. This big fucking... Bohemoth dude, you know? Yeah, when the bass players are most attractive feature, you know you're fucked. And fucking uh the drummer looked like Woody Allen. <laughs> it was they were just a mess. <laughs> you know, and, and, and Bon Jovi, I you know, I'll say something positive about Bon Jovi. I think his music is putrid. That's as positive I can get. I'm just kidding. Uh but it is terrible. It's terrible music. But I will give them this. At least the musicality is a little—it's better than Poison. Songwriting's not. I mean, songwriting is shitty, but at least that band tries. Where Poison is just so cliche and so stupid. It's—it's—it's it's, it's fucking comedy. You know, I mean, I—I I, I can't wait to do the next Poison review. Well, I—I—I I, I, I don't know. I'm. I do, I, man, dude. I, seriously, I don't think they're great musicians. Don't get me wrong, but at least Bon Jovi tries. They don't well, succeed, but they try. Poison doesn't try, dude. Well, we'll see that that that's almost what makes me take Poison over Bon Jovi, because Bon Jovi tries to be serious about it, and 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 they're both what and what. If you ask me about songwriting wise, they're both what and what. But somehow Bon Jovi thinks he's fucking Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, that that and, is annoying. And, and he's really Brett Michaels. At least Brett Michaels knows. He's Brett Michaels, where where 
Bon Jovi really wants your respect. And I remember seeing this interview where he was so pissed off at Guns N' Roses. So pissed off going off about it. He goes, fuck them. Fuck them. What did they do? One fucking album. One fucking album. And they get all this. And they get all this praise. And they get all this. Look how many albums I've done. And I've done this. And, you, you, know, you know, Bon Jovi wants your fucking respect. Where at least Brett Michaels just wants your fucking money and your, and your girlfriend. And that I respect more than Bon Jovi. Because you both write shit fucking songs. But, but Poison doesn't even try to hide it. Bon Jovi tries to hide behind respectability. Which I don't think they have. Because both of them fucking suck. Well, I gotta tell you, Ian. Here's a rare occasion you own my ass. I actually agree with you now. You corrected me. Uh, that is true. I, I For a while there, I was thinking, well, fucking at least Bon Jovi tries. These idiots don't. But now I see what you're... I, now I see the big picture. Yeah, he tries to gain respect. And right. he's a phony, man. He's like, you know, oh, look, the hairband. I'm a, we're a fucking hairband. Oh, hairband's out of flavor? All right, now we're going to become, yeah. you know, whatever the fuck. They even released a fucking goddamn country album. Right. I mean, it, it's pathetic. It's so... And, and another, so fake, man. Bond phony. That and is an, the perfect word for him. An, an, another thing that, that I totally uh, disrespect about that fucking cocksucker is uh, the, the way when, when he was coming up, he totally embraced uh, the metal scene. Even yeah. though they weren't a metal band, he he dressed the metal. Oh, they up. tried to be metal. He, at he did everything heard, to be part of you've it. You've heard like "Raise Your Hands." That's right. their attempt to be a metal band. And and and, and now he does everything to uh, distance himself from that. And what really, uh, really fucking, I was like, you know what? Fuck you. And, and even an artist I respect here, uh, you know, here, an artist I don't respect is Bon Jovi. An artist I do respect is Bruce Springsteen. Uh, but Dee Snyder tried to organize a fundraiser for the victims of uh, the Great White, uh, you know, the concert where those people lost their yeah, lives yeah. and all this shit. Uh, Bruce Springsteen turned it down and Bon Jovi refuses to be on a bill with any other like hair metal bands or any like 80s hard rock bands well so, you know fuck i you, think bon jovi i think if bruce springsteen agreed to do it he would have been there but but i, I will say this yeah, about which bon makes jovi. It even worse i will say this about bon jovi though uh he is a humanitarian because he does have uh he does uh he he uh has a kit he has a restaurant that that is free for the homeless so um and i think that shit's 24 7 all year round and uh so he's not really that thing he didn't do it was because of his stupid ego and why he wants to get away from everything but i think it's unfair to say he's uh he, he he's uh, unhumanitarian because i think that's that's the greatest thing he's ever done in my eyes uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, that that may be good and all, but to turn that down for your bullshit fucking reputation that yeah, no, I, 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 I'm with about. you there. I'm with you there, but I, he's I, not I, all that bad. I, That's I mean, all I'm saying. I mean, you, you know, as a singer, thrash or die. You know, if there's a tragedy like that, 
you would be there in a fucking heartbeat. And Fuck, you I don't need a goddamn tragedy. I do Toys for Tot shows. Right, but you know what I mean? You wouldn't care who's on the bill. You wouldn't care who, you know, all this shit. Because who gives a... Who buys fucking Bon Jovi records now anyway, other than Stephen Kirsch and, and, and Bushy, you know? Well, you know, I, but... You know the the thing is that yeah I'll I'll play for I'll play with anybody I mean I used to know this band that used to rehearse next to us uh, you know look at their logic they hate commies but they like Nazis like wow yeah it's like oh no and then they have this argument with me about how different communists are than than not than you know what are socialists other than that just to bring that up. These guys were booked to play some shows with us, but they refused to do it because there were other bands on the bill that they didn't like. And I'm like, idiot. And I said it to them. I said, you know what? I welcome to play with shitty bands because, hey, man, it makes us look better. I'd, I'd do a podcast with Mark Allen Taylor if it was for a worthy charity. You know what I mean? Hello? <laughs> Anyway, so, <laughs> all right, so what do you say we get into the this review? Sam Hain, yeah. November coming fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. what a fucking pick. What, what, what a fucking pick. And uh, it, it's an interesting pick because I, I know a lot of people who, like, they love Misfits, they love Danzig, but they're kind of like, eh about Sam Hain and I don't get it because to me it's like the perfect like in between uh, and there's so much awesome shit but some people just don't get it and I, I think this is an incredible uh, fan picked episode I'm very excited to review Sam Hain 3 November coming fire awesome and uh I I own this CD because somebody actually gave it to me. I didn't actually buy this, and I, somebody gave this to me like in the '90s. So I'm very well aware of this album. It's not something I put on constantly, but I do very much appreciate this album. I think this album's really good. Uh, but you know, I'm not one to listen to Danzig that much either, or The Misfits. I have to be in the mood for it. But it's all three incarnations, you know, except for the later Danzig stuff, which I can't really comment on because. After Sacrifice or whatever that was called, Danzig 5, I, I gave up on him. Uh, yeah. I, did, I did hear Devil's Satanic Child, whatever. And yeah. So I, I, I didn't like that one either. But, you know, everything up to Danzig 4, I think, is fucking amazing. And uh, I like this album, and I liked it the first time. I was already aware of Danzig, and I was aware of the Misfits. But I never heard Sam Hain. So this was the last thing I heard from them. And it is very different, but I very much appreciate the originality of this band. Because they don't sound like the Misfits or Danzig or anybody, really. You know? There's 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 some hints of uh there's some hints of Danzig and there's some hints of the Misfits on just one track. You know, separate track. There's two tracks on here where you see where Danzig's going and there's one track that shows where he's been. And uh, that's how I discovered this album. How about you? Uh, well, this is one, uh, before I discovered Danzig, I had, I had a friend, he was a skater dude, and he was totally into the Misfits, Mr. Ben Poskins, I hope you're listening, Ben, um, 
he totally turned me on to the Misfits, and it was like a 180. Because uh, we were friends that grew up together, but yet took separate turns. I mean, we used to break dance together, me and Ben Poskins. We were break dancers, <laughs> you know? And then he got into like skateboarding and all this shit, and then I got into like Cinderella, <laughs> you know? So we took different turns and stuff, but he played it for me, and I was like, oh my God, this is good. This is good. And, uh, but I was definitely more like a Misfits fan, uh, you know, because it was more the popular thing. But there, there's something about Sam Hain, and especially now, I appreciate more than ever uh, about this, because I, I think it's a, a great bridge between what the Misfits were and what classic Danzig was to become. You, you know, you hit a great nail on the head there. Like, you know, once Danzig 5 hit and it became like, you know, the the sacrifice shit and it was all like the, the, the bad Marilyn Manson yeah, shit. Yeah, industrial shit. Yeah, it, it, it was a total other beast. But before that, the original Danzig band was like a beast to be reckoned with. The Misfits had this whole, like, punk rock legacy that was incredible. But in between, there was Sam Hain, or San Wa, however the fuck Danzig wants you to pronounce it. Um, it was a grower for me, and I know a lot of people that love Misfits and love Danzig, but hate Sam Hain, or San Wa. Uh, but I don't get it, because to me, it is like a perfect like translation, and I love it. And uh, this would probably be my second favorite Sam Hain album. Wow, this one's my favorite. Okay. okay. All right. Right on. Well, uh, since this is your favorite, Ralph, why don't you take the first song, which is Diabolus 88? Right away, right away, you can tell this is a different beast from the Misfits or Danzig. You know, the tribal drums with the dark overtone. And it's just a cool, a cool short instrumental to start this album that I consider like kind of like madness. It's like kind of like, a, you know, this album reminds me of just like, you know, the, the, you know, the, the lunatics have taken over the asylum, you know? It is not conventional in any way and this is a good little uh, intro to it what do you think uh i love it uh a great intro and i think it's cool because it's bringing like not only a, a, a post-punk feel to it but a very gothic feel to it and i am very much like a fan of uh you know shit like sisters of mercy and, and, you know, boss and shit like that. But it, it has, like, the feel of that. But it has the urgency of punk. And that's that's what I think works real well with Sam Hain. Is it, is it draws from other eras, but it kind of creates its own sub-genre. Uh, but this is a, a perfect, like, just a short little interlude atmospheric uh, interlude and I digs it. 
All right, why don't you go to the technically the first track? Uh, I mean, untechnically the first track. In my grip. Oh my god, I love this fucking song. To me, it, it's a heavy post-punk fucking track. I love the guitars on this, and to me, it, it, it's the drone of the guitars. I mean, you you have the Danzig voice uh, that, that's kind of reminiscent of Misfits. But, you know, you have that drone and a whole different guitar player, drummer, rhythm section that takes it into a whole nother uh, sub-genre. You know, it's it's like where they were horror punk. It, it's still... It, the Misfits were still punk musically. Uh, you know, they just added like a... You know, like the horror texture for the song lyrics. But this one is just like, I don't know. It, it's got like a, it, it, it dips in another pool musicality, even though it might be the same lyrically. But I don't know, man. I really, I really dig this. And to me, it seems like a natural pro- uh, progression between the Misfits and Danzig. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's a crushing tune, actually. Yeah. I love the riff. The riff is my favorite part of the song. And those pounding drums not strained at all as Glenn belts out this tune. And I hear just a lot of originality in this. I, you know, I guess, you know, because I'm not a fan of, you know, Bauhaus and all the shit you're into. That right. I'm, not, I'm not really accustomed to this type of music. And to me, that's why I feel like from fresh ears and from a, a non-fan of that goth type stuff, it's, it's uh, refreshing, and I, I don't think I, you know, I've heard some Bauhaus. I actually saw, what's his name, Peter Murphy? Is that his name? Yes, yes. I saw him live. I actually oh, saw him. He, he did a lot of, I did it for a girl, and it, it just did nothing for me. And uh, I don't hear none of that in this, but then again, you know, I don't study that shit like you did, so. But right. I kind of like to see this as more of a, you know, I guess gothy, gothy in a way, but it has that punk edge that keeps me interested and this song has it all over it and it's a great song to start off the album because it pretty much shows you what you're going to get because if you know you don't like this song you're not going to like the rest because it does kind of stay uh with this vibe though it does take a lot of like twists and turns through it but i really love this one and i'll go into the next one called mother of mercy yeah this, this is a song to me that sounds like what danzig was going to become it's like the blueprint for me of Danzig, the Danzig band. And I love that chugging riff on it. It's uh, it's kind of like a train, you know? And uh, I just love it. That's all I got to say about Mother of Mercy. What do you think? Oh, Mother of Mercy is a great fucking song. Uh, this is one of those, like, like, in a perfect world for me, this would be a radio song. And... Uh, and it's what it was included on the uh, Metallica, uh, what do you call that? Uh, the Guitar Hero thing, because uh, uh, James Hetfield said that this song, uh, or I'm sorry, this album is in his top ten albums of all time. Is November Coming Fire? He loves Mother Mercy, and I totally get that because it, it's one of those. It's just like. God damn, it's such a good, catchy song. And 
it should be like in the era we grew up in there was so much like diversity in top 40 radio i mean you could hear anything but this song has like it's catchy it it has the chorus it has all that you know it's one of those things like why is this not you know this should be in heavy rotation not like bottom of the barrel um and and i really don't get this one of those songs like people were like oh sam hain was just too weird to me this is the per perfect like logical step from the misfits before dancing uh I, I, I love this fucking track. That's all I gotta say. Awesome. Go to the next one. Alright, the next one is Birthright. Oh my god, Birthright. To me, it's just like perfect horror punk. Uh, you, you know, musically, it, it's just got like that punk riff, but it's got, you know, the kind of horror lyrics and it, you know, it was something at that time was very original in punk. Because a lot of punk was very talking about shit that happens to me, talking about shit that's real in the world, but you know, this whole kind of like weird subgenre of like misfits and horror punk is like you could talk about any weird subject you want, but musically it was like you know, it just had that punk aggression. And 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 that's what I love about this one. It's, it's like, you know, there's no deep message on Birthright. But musically, it just has that ka-chunga chunga chung That fucking, you know, that you just... If you're into this kind of music, you feel it. And you're like, yeah, you know, I get, I get the primal fucking scream. And I don't mean that in a Motley Crue kind of way. <laughs> I mean it like, it just like... There's just something about this song, like, you know, you hear the basic rhythms and you, and you hear the lyrics that are kind of contradictive. And that that's what I love. It's like, they talk about weird shit for, for what most people would think is a punk rock subject. Uh, you know, Misfits and Sam Hain and Danzig bring in a very... Uh, you know, a gothic feel, a horror feel, you know, a, a scary movie kind of feel. Uh, but it fits perfect, dude. I love Birthright. What do you think, brother? I don't like this one. Really? Uh, yeah, I gotta admit, it just doesn't do anything for me. It's just there. It's like a... I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's considered a filler to Sam Hain fans, but, you know... Um, again, I also have to stress that I'm not the biggest punk fan, but I absolutely am fanatical when it comes to like the Ramones, the Sex Pistols, and Exploited, and Fear. You know, bands like that, I'm really, really, you know, I have all the shit and I love all the stuff. But you know, I didn't like The Clash and I didn't like, you know, I thought the Dead Boys were okay. Uh, but there's a lot of, you know, punk rock that really. So I think this is something that appeals more to diehard punk fan. And, uh,. It didn't. It didn't really grab me, but uh, the next one did. Uh, to walk the night, I, I like this one a lot. The, the dark overtones. It's just a, it's a creepy song. It, it's as it's it's as if the Cure stopped with their nonsense and actually played actual music. This is very original sounding with what sounds like someone is whistling, 
during it. Is it? Is it whistles? I don't know. It's that weird fucking. I really like this one a lot. To walk the night. What do you think? Uh, well, to walk the night is definitely like him getting his Elvis on. And Maybe that's why I like it so much. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things. It's like I fucking detest Elvis, but Danzig is so derivative, and I don't mean that in a bad way of Elvis. I mean he has like there's something about Elvis that is just in dancing that he loves and even though I don't like Elvis when dancing does it I, I get it and this is like you know taking it down a notch and making it slower this song is fucking amazing like if Elvis did like dirty shit like this maybe I'd like him a lot more I'd probably like him a lot more if he was black you know, I'm gonna be, you know, straight, straightforward. But, uh, but this is, I, I don't know. I really, as an Elvis hater, to, you know, you know, it, it's one of those things. I'm like, I'm an Elvis hater, but like, how can you really be an Elvis hater when you love Danzig as much as I love Danzig? Because it's so derivative. Yeah, but it's, this, like, it's like it's like loving Kingdom Come and hating Led Zeppelin. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. No, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's weird. I can't explain it. But this is definitely like the Elvis side coming out of him. But it works so good on this song. One of the best tracks on the album. I love uh, To Walk the Night. Great Hell track. Yeah. Love it. What do you think of Let the Day Begin? Let the Day Begin. Oh, my God. Uh, it's so goddamn catchy. It's so fucking catchy. It, it, it's again. It's one of those things. Like, I know, I, I know quite a few people that love the Misfits, love Danzig, hate Sam Hain. I'm like, how can you hate it? Because this song is so. It it has the power of punk, uh, but it still has the catchiness of just like a great random rock and roll song in it. And that's what I love when you when you can mix those two genres, you know you can add the 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 heaviness of punk and all this stuff, but you still have the catchiness of a good rock and roll song. To me, that's what uh, "Let the Day Begin" is a uh, perfect song for me. I love it. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. It is definitely the catchiest song on the whole album. It's very straightforward. Well, for them. And it's a toe tapper if you were tapping your toe on somebody's grave. Uh, I love Let the Day Begin. It's my second favorite song on the album. And uh, I think it's a great, great, uh, straightforward tune. I mean, uh, it's the most straightforward you're going to get on this album. Uh, I'll go to the next one, which I guess is the sequel to the Misfit song, Halloween. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Well... It, 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 it's weird in a way because the Misfits had Halloween 1 and 2 but this is like a sequel to the sequel okay Halloween 2 2 yes Halloween 2 2 perfect way to put it alright cool uh, what language is he singing in on this one you know I, I don't know it doesn't sound like English to me but um yeah, like I said, I guess it's a sequel to the Misfits 2-2, but you know, it's not it's not like that horrible sequel where Mike Myers is in the hospital. 
Halloween three should have been part two, as planned. If you know, if you if you do that again. Uh, I, I love Halloween three season. Halloween three is fucking amazing, and it, and it bombed because it didn't have Michael Myers. But it is one of the best movies ever. Oh, definitely, that movie fucking ruled. It it, it was kind of like uh, Invasion. Turn of it Robinson. off. Turn yeah. it off. The ending to me was kind of like the ending. And the whole movie had that invasion of the body snatchers vibe. Uh, I just thought it was fucking amazing movie. And yeah, it's crazy how it's just like, like, you know, only I, I'm part of the Facebook group for that movie. You know, I love that movie. I put it up oh, there with I Halloween. I, part, I put it up there with Halloween 1. Oh, I do too. Definitely. Halloween 2, I was so disappointed. But um, yeah, this song is kind of droney. Yet it's fun at the same time. Uh, I love it. I think it's a, it's it's very again very original. It doesn't sound nothing like the Misfits. Uh, you know I do prefer Halloween from the Misfits though, but you know, I still dig it. It's good. What do you think? Uh, I would have to say that this is my favorite version of Halloween. Uh, you know. I, I I love the original Misfits. I like the second version, but this one I don't know. I mean, maybe because it's slowed down a little bit. Maybe there's a little bit more musicality. I love it. But uh, uh, you know, while we're talking about, it, I gotta say, you know, not only preach my love for Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, but because of you, my brother, the other day, I'm sitting here. Uh, Man, I, I just couldn't go to sleep the other night. I'm like, I want to watch a movie. And I put on the 1978 amazing remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Hell yeah. And I was thinking of you the whole time. Jeff Goldblum, fucking Donald Sutherland, fucking Leonard Nimoy. Oh, my God. What a great movie. And uh, it, it, to me, it's a great it's a great way if you've never seen the 1978 remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers it's a way you can do a movie you know you don't have to be necessarily gory but you set an atmosphere and and, and you set a uh, you know uh, an aura of paranoia you know like like everybody's so like are you one of those or are you not one of those and I love that. To me, that's so much more effective than somebody getting their head chopped off. You know, you set that whole kind of thing. And that's how I kind of am with this version of Halloween. I, I love the original Misfits. I love the second version. But there's just something about this version that takes it to another step. You know, it just kind of has that... I don't know. To me, this is the creepiest version of the song and uh i absolutely love it by far my favorite version of ha halloween i love it cool now take the title track yes oh me me take the title track okay yeah drunky ha favorite song on the album by far by oh, far huh oh by far by far and and I love this album, but this is the one that, to me, is like superior uh, craftsmanship as far as songwriting, uh, arrangement, 
everything. I mean, to me, this song really sets the bar for this album. And that's saying a lot because I really dig this. And it's a lo-fi album. You, you know, it's it's like, you know, this isn't Sgt. Pepper. It's it, 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 This is like scary fucking punk at its best. But, oh my God, November Fire to, to me is just like, wow. Uh, t- to me, it's a major jump songwriting-wise, everything from The Misfits. As much as I love The Misfits, this is like, wow, this guy is talent. He is taking it from here to there, and I think it would be taken even farther by the original Danzig band, and by that I mean Erie Vaughn, John Christ, Chuck Biscuits, and Glenn Danzig. Uh, to me, that's Danzig. Anything after that is Scab Danzig. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but man, I really, really love this song and it hits on every level. And what I like about it is I think it can appeal, uh, to more than one type of music fan. I mean, you can be like, oh, I just like, you know, Bajas and Sisters of Mercy and still love this song. Or you could be like, ooh, I love Minor Threat. You know, and I, you know, and I, and I love Misfits, and you know, so on and so forth. I think this song has something for everybody um, that just loves good music and good songwriting. I mean, I mean, and the vocals. I mean, Glenn Danzig vocals are amazing. Uh, you know, a lot of these songs, to me, are separated by production value that keeps them from being something that could be on top 40 radio and i don't mean you know like they're a bad song i just mean they're that good of songwriting song singing but sometimes you know the production value you know your typical top 40 listener like whatever fuck you uh it's a great song i love it favorite song by country mile what do you think ralph well it's funny that you say that because uh i'm on the fence with this one Right. Wow. Yeah, how you were talking about it, it'll appeal to everybody. Yeah? I, I Again, I think it's an okay song. I'm not bashing it anyway. But I, I do, other than, uh, well, there's a song coming up I don't like as, uh, that much. And uh, the one I said, Birthright, is my least favorite. This one's like in the middle. I really do love the punky riff, though. Uh, but to me, it's not a standout, especially for wow. a battle track. I think wow. it's okay, but you know what? As an expert, I think that you're more qualified for this album. You know, like, you know, I'll give you an example. Like, the REO episode, you know? You just didn't get it. And sure. this is how I am. I just don't get it. But, I mean, I don't hate this at all. Nowhere near your hate for REO. I actually do appreciate this album. Dude, I do appreciate, you know, like, if you ever hear my picks of the week, I throw out oddballs. And I was also recently on, here's a plug for you, Bushy. I was on Bushy's podcast this past week where the subject matter was about bands we like that aren't metal. So if you want to listen to, you know, a lot of weird shit I like, you know, from classical to Barry Manilow and shit like that. I mean, I I am very eclectic. So I do appreciate listening to stuff that's not of the norm. Uh, But then there's stuff like The Cure that's so out there 
that it's just there's no way you can reach me, you know. And uh, but I think this is an okay song. In no way I'm bashing it, but uh, you know, uh, not to like you know throw a monkey wrench in what you just said, but this one I don't think appeals to me. I think um, uh, let the day begin would be more appealing to the mass public than this one. But you know that's just me. All right, I'll go to the next one, which is called Kiss of Steel. This one is my favorite track on the album. I mean, it just crashes out of the gate. This one, I feel, is the closest to the Misfits, but still different enough to make it a different beast. And I just think it's a great pummeling song. I do identify with this one more than any track on this album. Definitely my favorite track is Kiss of Steel. What do you think? Uh, well, I love Kiss of Steel. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's like a pummeling rocker. Um, I, I think I appreciate, like, I, I don't know, there's something about the song. I, 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 I like the song better than what I think it is, if that makes any sense. No, I don't. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Okay, I, I mean, I like it. I think what, what it represents is better than what the song is itself. If that makes any sense, it's like I, I like what they're trying to do, but I don't I, I don't think the song itself is as strong as uh, the dedication to it. All right, fair enough. What do you think of un- Unbridled? Unbridled. Uh, oh my God, this is like fucking Slayer meets Stray Cats. I don't know what the fuck to make of this one. Uh, I, 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 I dig it. There, there's parts I dig it, and then there's parts I don't. It just, this is like the, the odd song on the album to me. Um, but I, I, I don't hate it. I love it, but there's just something. It's, this is just the weirdest, most, uh, off song to me. But I love that about the song. But it's far from my favorite song, if that makes any sense. Well, you... I, I think it could have been a much better song if the drums on this track seem seem to go, you know, it, it just seems very out of place and not in the pocket. I love the loose feel, don't get me wrong, but this is way too loose. You know, it, uh, it, it is unbridled. You know, I think that maybe uh, that's why they called it that way. Uh, but... It takes away from the song, I feel. If the drums were more in the pocket, it could have been much better because this is really a good tune, you know, but it just seems like the drummer is throwing it off, and uh, which is unfortunate because I think this had potential to be a really good one. But uh, I'll go to the last one. Giddy Up, uh, Human Pony Girl. Again, the drums are a bit off, but not off enough for it not to work. It's right at the border of fucking up the song, but somehow, barely, it's keeping up to not fuck it up. And I actually really do like Human Pony Girl. I'd say it's the third best song, my third favorite on the album. What do you think? Uh, I would actually say this is my least favorite song on the album, but I think it's a great closer. Uh, it's the longest song on the album, and... Uh, 
you know, you know, especially for an album that's this punky yet not punky. Uh, it, it, it's kind of a sore thumb, but not in a bad way. Uh, I don't know. It, it's one of those things like, a, like, a, like it, if you heard any other song on this album, this is the one to close it. But I think it's a poor represent, uh, poor representation of the album. Uh, I don't know. I'm fucking drunk. But, uh, you, you know what I mean? I mean, I dig it, and no other song should close it. But I, I think it's, you know, far from the best song of the album. All right. So give us a little back history on this album, Ian, before you pass out. All right. Uh, before I pass out. This was the third and final studio album from Sam Hain. Um... Uh, after this came out, uh, uh, Glenn Dazzig signed signed a record label with, uh, I mean, a record deal with Rick Rubin, who said he wanted to sign him, but he wanted to change the name of the band. He wanted to change all the band members because basically all he wanted was Danzig's voice. Uh, but he didn't think any of the musicians were up to par. Uh, and, and it kind of happened because they were changing members as it was going through. But uh, uh, I, I love it. I think it's an important part of of Danzig's history, and and uh, very. I don't I don't know. There's just something to me because I, I like a lot of like gothic kind of shit, and to me it's a perfect. I don't know. I love the way he evolved. The Misfits to this to Danzig to me seemed like a natural progression. Like nothing was forced or like, hey, I'm trying to get on radio. It's just like I'm going from this to this, and it seemed very everything Danzig did seemed natural until Danzig Five. You know, to me Danzig Five is when it's like, oh shit, Danzig Four didn't sell what it should have, so now I'm gonna make a Manson album, and it was a horrible Manson album. Um, but I, I, I really love this and I think it was a great pick uh, from Corey Robinson uh, our fan I, of the week yes and but I, we'll get into that after pick of the week right but I, I, I think I think a lot more people should go back to this like people who either love Misfits or Danzig or or you don't just check it out and, and not only check out this album but check out Initium, the first album. Oh my God, I I love Initium. I mean, that's just fucking to me that godly, a godly fucking album. Um, but yeah, I definitely think this is something worth being revisited. Right on. You got a pick of the week? Uh, I do have a pick of the week. And I was trying to look it up, but I'm so drunk. Hold on, give me a second. Well, you can, while you look it up, I have a pick of the week. All right, you do um, yours. Mine's a TV show I just discovered, but it's on season three. Or season three already ended. And it's fucking hilarious. It's, uh, and I discovered it because of a Phil Anselmo interview. A really good Phil Anselmo interview with this guy that Phil absolutely loves. I don't know the guy's name, <clears throat> but... He runs a YouTube page called, called Atheism, Atheism Will Not Be Stopped. And 
Phil really loves this guy. This guy is clueless, not a metal fan, but, you know, he appreciates, you know, so he interviewed uh, Phil and Selma with uh, fan questions because he didn't really know much. And during the interview, they talked a lot about boxing. And Mike Tyson came up. And Phil and Selma said, did you ever see the Mike Tyson cartoon? Mike Tyson. Oh, I love that cartoon. Dude. I cannot stop laughing. I watched it at my job. Mike Tyson's Mystery. Yeah. Machine. Pigeon oh Rules. Oh, With Pigeon. Norm MacDonald. Yes. Oh, my oh God. My. <laughs> Do I love that fucking show. And I love... And Mike Tyson like kind of makes fun of himself. Oh, it's, totally. Totally. And at the end of the episodes, he's even yeah, like... Yeah, he's there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that show is amazing. Yeah, oh my god. I just ordered uh, season one and two. Season three is not on DVD yet, but I'm watching it. Because I I have this, uh, there's this website I call I go to that has like this stuff that's illegal to watch. It's called MrX.com. Yes. Uh, no, actually, I don't know the name of the website. But uh, I've been watching season three at work. Because I refuse to watch season one and two because I ordered them. So right. I'll watch them when I get them. But oh, it's so good. It's it so is, good. It's like Scooby-Doo. With uh, and it ha- totally has the the Hanna Barbera animation. Oh, and I, I I love the gay ghost. Yeah, the that, gay and like that, just the premise. You have a gay ghost. <laughs> you have a pigeon that was turned uh, into a pigeon from a witch right, that used right. to be a human, and uh, an Asian and girl that yeah. that Mike Tyson adopted. Where <laughs> the gay the gay ghost is totally Greg Barnes. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking. Oh my god. I'm very upset with you, Ian, that you never told me about this. This is oh, genius. Oh, I, it's so funny. It's, it's so, so funny. It's so stupid, too. And I love that type of humor. Like, that really stupid humor, but it's great. And the pigeon just makes it, like, so good. Because oh, the, the pigeon's perverted and has a sexual problem. Yeah, he's, he's always about getting laid or doing yeah, drugs. And, and he's shit. always hitting on uh, the Asian girl. Yeah, and... Uh, I'll do a spoiler of one thing just to give you a, a, a vibe of the pigeon. He says to the Asian girl one time, he's like, let me ask you something. When you get your period, and then she's like, oh, shut up. He's like, you don't even know what I'm about to ask you. He's like, okay, go ahead. When you get your period, do, do, do you fuck on your period? <laughs> Did you ever watch the the uh, the Black Dynamite cartoon? No, yeah. I got to. You got to hook me up with that channel. I thought I sent it to you. You did, but I told you I didn't have it. And you said you were going to send it again. You never did. Oh, I'll send it again. So it's like oh. the same vibe. Oh, oh, it's so funny. The Black Dynamite cartoon. Yeah. Unfortunately, they canceled it after the second season. But I, I mean, as you, much as can you buy them? Uh, you you can buy the the first version. I mean, the first. A season I have a physical copy of. The second season, uh, I, I had to buy like uh, like w- where you just get downloaded to your computer. I don't think they put it out like in a physical format. Wow, you can't burn it for me. Oh yeah, no, I can totally burn it for you and right, send cool, it. To you. Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'll send it to you. But oh my god, if you like the Mike Tyson one. You will love the black. Yeah, the, no, and you know how I feel about black dynamite. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, the black dynamite cartoon is fucking amazing. It's so funny. It's so fucking funny. Awesome. 
Well, I will All definitely right. look forward to that, and I am going to order it without even watching it because I already know it's going to be good. Oh, yeah. No, no. Trust me. I know you. I know you'll love it. Yeah, that, I'll order season one. And that that's a great pick of the week. Uh, I found my pick of the week, and oh, my God. I think, Ralph, you would love this shit. Oh, let me take it right. All right, it is uh, the Claypool Linen Delirium, and and this is a uh, this, this is a was band. already one of your picks of the week. But fuck it, do it again. Did they no, make no, no. more than one album? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Fine. Because uh, you uh, may have picked another different album. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I picked their uh, their debut album as okay. a pick of the week, but they also put out as a special uh, record uh, day release. They put out a ten inch. That was uh, four covers that are fucking incredible. Uh, it's it's a four-song, 10-inch EP on green vinyl, and it is so worth it. Uh, the first song that they cover is Astronomy Domain. Oh, cool. But, oh, yes, and it's an amazing cover. And I'm one of those, like, I was always, like, I just hated fucking... Uh, What's non Julian's name? Uh, uh, Sean Lennon. Sean Lennon, yeah. I just hated him because, you know, like, John gave him more attention. But uh, this kid's got some talent. The first one they cover is Astronomy Domain. The second song is Boris the Spider by The Who. Yeah, The Who, I love that. Oh, they... And they, Whistle Song. Oh, Amazing. Uh, the third cover is in the Court of the Crimson King. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. yes. By King Crimson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely fucking amazing. And the last song, which really blew my mind and made me go look up this band. And now I feel bad because I'm going to have to look it up. But the name of the band is called Santori. And this band is a Japanese heavy metal band. Uh, that started in the early 70s and uh, he they got backing from John Lennon it was the only reason they got a record contract is John Lennon backed them up and hold on let me I'm gonna find the name of them right now I don't know anyway it's a, it's a Japanese band that was a fucking Japanese heavy metal band Alright, cool. Alright, <clears throat> so you want to talk about Fan of the Week? Alright, well you tell us about Fan of the Week. Break it out. Our Fan of the Week is Corey Robinson. Very cool Hell guy. Yeah. I appreciate you donating. And uh, I'll tell you a funny story about him. When I was um, bashing the Cure episode and how I hate doing this donation shit because the Cure left a bad taste in my mouth. Like, you know, same taste both you and Bushy have. Yes. And suck dicks because you're mm. fagged for liking this shit. Yum um, yum. <laughs> yummy yummy yummy. You got t- y- tummy come in your tummy. And, I'm uh, just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. On Capitol Hill. <laughs> so so I went on I, I I went on a rant one day, and poor Corey man he uh sent me a private message saying dude. I hope you like Sam Hain because I paid for that. Like, he was, like, worried I was going to get mad at him. Yeah. 
And now I was like, nah, dude, it's cool. I actually like that. I actually own that album. So I, I dig it. I put it on from time to time. So he was kind of like, Phew. So, <laughs> so thank you, my friend, and uh, for donating. And uh, good going, brother. Thank you oh, so yeah. much. And, you know, you rule. And, 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 and I want to say, Corey, it's so awesome to have a, uh, you know, a big fan from the UK. Uh, because there's a lot of shit. You know, our, our fans from different parts of the country, we never see, like, your YouTube reviews or anything like that. But you are part of the the Facebook page, and, and you post a lot. And, dude, it, it means a lot that, that, that we reach not only, like, you know, we are very proud, like, dumb American people, <laughs> you know, but that we reach, you know, a, you know, you're in Europe and you get our humor and you get what we do and that means a lot that you know because we have listeners every Uzbekistan all this kinds of shit we have listeners all over the fucking world but I mean I mean they have people in the UK that get this shit to, to me it really means a lot that that what we do comes across to, to people from all over just people who love this type of music so I really, really appreciate you, Corey. Thank you so much for being our fan of the week. Yeah, thank you, brother. Really do appreciate it. Uh, so, Ian, let's get into the plugs. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's. Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U-K time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten. And we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday exclusively on YouTube. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007... You've been getting Podkissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. 
That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. All right, this is the Ayatollah Alcoholic Ian Wadley, and I want you to listen to my brand new radio show, Wadzilla World, where I cover every era of fucking music that I like, and a few that you like too. Check me out every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on Soundphoria.com. I'll see you there. Hey, this is DJ Mac. I want to let you guys know about the podcast with my co-host DJ Metal Mike. Mind Over Metal. You can find us at mindovermetalpodcast.com. We're also on Spreaker, iTunes, Podbean, and uh, just about everywhere else you get your fucking podcast from. Oh yeah, and we're also on uh, YouTube. So check us out for the best in heavy metal and hard rock music news, discussion, and reviews. That's the Mind Over Metal podcast. Download it, subscribe to it today. Headbangers, you want your own radio show? Well, you got it. On Thursday nights here on that metal station, join me on the Dr. Fuck Show. Go in the chat room and I will make you my co-host. That's right. Everybody that joins me in the chat room, I discuss whatever you guys want to talk about. I'll mention your name. I'll say what you say. And we're going to go back and forth. And I'll even fucking play whatever request you want. Unless it sucks. Then I ain't playing it because my show rules and only songs that rule is allowed right here on that metal station. The Dr. Fuck Show airs live Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Then they repeat it on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you there. Well, no, no, fuck that hope. I better see you there, motherfucker. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Beera Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Beera. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Beera Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. (laughs) Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes, or wherever you download your podcast. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Simp Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addicts, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Oh, my God.
All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, and you better. If not, you're just a fucking pussy who got knocked out by Danza, who got knocked out by another guy. So that shows what a pussy you are. <laughs> yeah. Come back next week when we get down to the final two of our fan-paid-for episodes. What's it going to be? It all depends who's available to record. But we only have two more fan-paid episodes before me and Ralph get to go back to doing our own show. Thank God. No, we got three more because, remember, I paid for two of them. Oh, God. No, no, no. And I'll... Fuck it. I'll tell you all. And everybody's going to be happy. And the people that are not going to be happy, fuck them. You know what I'm going to pick for my second one? Diver down, motherfucker. Van Halen. Oh, okay. There you go. Don't worry. Don't worry. I I know you had a hard week. So I didn't want to ruin your killer buzz. <laughs> yeah, but we, we, we got a couple more, but shit, before you know it, we'll be doing fan episodes again. But if you enjoyed this, come, no, back, come back next week to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.